Welcome back to the Shankly Sessions, the Liverpool podcast we bring you each and every week, possibly nearly every day at this stage. Joining me tonight, my right-hand man on the Shankly Sessions, where we're going to take a look back at a very special year in Liverpool's history, 2001, the treble season. How are you, my man? I absolutely could not be better. Always, always good to talk about Liverpool glory, especially when you have that man there over your right shoulder. It actually was going to, because we lost Gerard Hulia, I was going to say that's God on your right hand shoulder and the devil on your other, but no. I make no plans about it. But, no, uh, absolutely not. Yeah, nice. Uh, what, what, what a season it was. What a season. Looking forward to this one. Oh, sorry, no, just before we get started, I just want to send a message of support to uh, young David Brooks off one who um, announced today that he's. Being diagnosed with stage two, uh, Hodgins uh, lymphoma, um, 24 years of age. Cancer is a horrible, evil motherfucker. But uh, you know, he's got a lot of support behind him and he's he's going to beat this and uh, we're all behind him. So thoughts and prayers with David Brooks tonight. 100%, absolutely. Well, if I could show you behind the camera in front of me here, I have the jersey from the Worthington Cup with Fowler's autograph on it, hanging right in front of me here. So this is a very special treble and a very special episode for me. Um, treble, the treble no one wants to acknowledge. And I'll give you, like, he looks great even in the book of hat, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's one of our own. Uh, you know, like, come here, just whatever, whatever, whatever God does, we follow. Mm. I met him down in the Forge pub down in Wicklow that night. He had a, it was an evening with him and McAteer. And I'm not joking. If you haven't had an evening with him and McIntyre yet, they're absolutely electric together. But you um, haven't lived. You haven't night with Fowler McIntyre, have you? Ah, oh, tell you, man, it's unbelievable. Like McIntyre just bounces off him with some great stuff. But um, I asked him the question. I said to him on the night when he was signing the jersey, I said, "You must remember that one well, do you?" And he said, "My friend," he says, "I remember every single one of them. Every single one of them." He said, and I just thought that was a stellar answer. Um, but let's get into the treble. Initial thoughts. What was what was you thinking? What was the treble to you? The treble was everything. That was my first kind of. Hold on. That was my first kind of big, big like dose of um, of glory as a Liverpool fan. You know, there was the '94 Coca Cola Cup where McManaman scored that absolutely spellbinding goal. Um, you know, there was bits and pieces on, on, on the way, but that 2001 was kind of like the first big, big season as a Liverpool fan. Um, you know, I, I became a Liverpool fan in 94, 95, you know, so Fowler was only coming onto the scene then. And when this, when we got to this travel, this was kind of when Fowler was coming towards the end of his, his Liverpool love affair. Um, which we thought we we've talked about in the past when we've done his legend series, you know, everyone knows what happened there between it's 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 sad to see those two behind you looking that happy and the way they fell out mm. and put Robbie out the door. But um no, nah, that was my first big dose of, of glory as a Liverpool fan. And um yeah, I, I, I kind of relish in the fact that nobody acknowledges it as a as a treble winning season. But, but for us that was everything. Especially the, in the manner that we won the three trophies, um, you know the game against Alves. They were all nail biting, weren't they? Just all like it's 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 just typical Liverpool. Like you know what I mean? Like it's great to come out when you're watching it. It's nail biting, but to come out on the better side of a five four, mm. and then we talk about the FA Cup. Like that was. When the best game of football because nobody that was that that was the Arsenal side that was untouchable and Michael on that day and um, we'll get on to that cup final as well but yeah um, outstanding season you know just the, the pictures of the team going through Robbie Fowler with the book of hat a young Steven Gerrard Danny the man killer you know Jamie Redknapp was still there yeah it was just it was a great time to be a fan well every time we win a trophy is a great time to be a fan but I, I just I just yeah, it was it was we were like a pig and shite that season. Yeah. Everywhere we looked over the cup final. I, I, I often say that the, the, the people that refer to it as the Mickey Mouse treble are the people who count charity shields. And that's the end of that conversation then, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um 
let's get into it then. Let's start the 25th of February. We head off down to Cardiff, which we didn't realise was going to be our home on the numerous occasions. We, we settled into Cardiff and the Millennium Stadium, lovely, um, at the time Wembley was being rebuilt. So this was the first game to be played there. Um, and what a game it was. What a game Birmingham gave us on the day. Um, ended up running out one all, And then we had that 5-4 penalty shootout. What was your memories of that one? Good Lord, nail boiler. Sander Vestavell celebration when 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 he saved the winning penal. Um, my my biggest biggest thing to stick out from from that was Jamie Carragher's penalty. Um, because it was because back then Jamie Carragher was a bit, you know, was hot and cold. He mm. he put in a bad game. It was a terrible, terribly bad game. He put in a good game. It was an outstanding performance. You know, I think we've seen a bit of everything in those first few years with, with Carragher, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just I just remember he's got the celebrations though. We just because there was so many like we won five trophies that season. You know, we won the Charity Shield, we won the UEFA Super Cup, but that, that was a that was a decent a decent bearing him. So Andy Andy Johnson uh, leading the line, like he went on to be a, a turn in Liverpool side at, at Everton, mm. but. Um, it was just one of those cup finals. You know, nobody really gave Birmingham a chance. They thought Liverpool had torn up and wiped the floor with them. But as we've seen against them, Cardiff, like many years later, you know, it, it just doesn't work out that way. And a cup final is a cup final for a reason. You know, everything that happens on that day. But, you know, we came out the better side of it. Um, yeah, but the, the, the one thing that stands out is when if you watch the celebrations when, when Festival saves the winning penalty, and Carragher just runs straight past him and just nose dives into the Liverpool fan. Yeah. It's it's just class because when when Liverpool win trophies, the scouts is in the team. You you automatically they stand out like a sore thumb. You look at when we won the two thousand five Champions League. Carragher runs, slaps Dudek in the face, and off he goes into the crowd. Like it's just mm-hmm. typical scousers. But um, yeah, it's it just outstanding. You, you just you obviously we've had more success down the line and we've enjoyed it with a piss up and all but just imagine it being out well for me personally old enough to, to drink back in that season Jesus Christ I'd probably still be suffering with a hangover yeah multiple hangovers and as you said like talking about Robbie and Jamie and all these girls that are in the team and you, you always described them as being one of us they're never more than one of us when we win something like that and they end up in the crowd you know it's 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 crazy it's mad, it's mad that we say like they're, they're one of us like we're not scouts but mm. I think everyone on the outside looking in knows what we mean when we say one of us because it's great to have the homegrown talent in the team, especially people like Jamie Carragher, like Robbie Fowler, like Stephen Gerrard. You know what I mean? Like you look back at like I was watching clips. I always come across Liverpool videos on YouTube, and you always go back to the old clips. And you look at Stephen Gerrard in that cup final against Alves. Jeez, he looks about 15. The spots still on his face, the skinhead. He literally looks like he walked out of Stanley Park after kicking the book out of the Crocky crew or something. But um, yeah, it's just it, it, it was it was a great time to be a Liverpool fan. Michael Owen was was like, you know, he's an adopted scouser, let's say he was only from the outskirts and all. Um, and just even though Ford drawn down the line what he did down to Man United, I think everybody hates him now and nobody wants him to be an ambassador for the club. But at that time, like the spine of that team was scouts. Mm. You know what I mean? And, you know, we're on we're on that, we're on the way towards that again. We have Cordis, we have Trent, you know, there's a few other scouts lads coming through coming through the youth system, you know, and it won't be long before that the spine of that team mm. is scout again. And it's something that I look forward to personally as a fan. Don't don't forget Costas as well. He's part of that scouse boy, isn't he? <laughs> definitely scouser. <laughs> yeah, definitely scouser. <laughs> yeah, so that was um, <coughs> that was that was kind of nail biting, but yeah, it was it's you know we do love a penalty shootout anyway, don't we? So we we'd have to put that out there without a shadow. No, no better way to win a cup final. Well, obviously you'd like to win five or six nil against Man United, but a penalty penalty shootout when it, just because the relief. Just leaves you as you're celebrating the glory, but yeah, there's no better way to win than than in a penalty penalty shootout. Absolutely. Let's let's move on. Part two was the FA Cup final, um, and again, we're really making our home down here now in Cardiff. Um, what what was your thinking on this one? This this was a tough one, wasn't it? We were going up against a tough Arsenal side. Um, 
and I just I just remember when we went one 0 down that goal that they scored. God, we sunk a bit, didn't we? Yeah, like I just I remember the teams coming out and it was absolutely sweltering. Yeah, like I just remember the 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 atmosphere in the stadium because if 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 you watch back the Cardiff Stadium, it's kind of like just goes up straight. So it's just like a cauldron. So because it was so warm outside the ground, then obviously you have that that heat, that intensity in the ground. And I remember the teams walking out and they had the fire, the fire flingers. And you could just see this, like the red faces. But out comes the Arsenal team, calm as you like. All these Mediterranean players, you know, the calmness of the French guys. And the Liverpool on that day were as good as anybody back there. But you're looking at that Arsenal team coming out. And this was like... One of the best Arsenal teams of all time. You had Henri, you had Perez, you know, Ashley Cole was in the team, you know, Winterbourne is there, like all these quality players, you know, like that. On the, they were the favourites that day, Freddie Lundberg, you know, like they're absolutely, absolutely outstanding. And then they go the goal up, and you're thinking, you know, it's. You know, it's going to be really, really tough when Arsenal. If you watch anyone watch back to that Arsenal team when they took a took a lead in the game was very, very hard to get it back because they, they could like that. If you were trying to get that uh, equaliser, they could they could turn it on like that to catch on the counter and just destroy it. And we've seen it countless times in games against Liverpool. Um standout memory was that winning goal though, you know, over the top. The the, the speed Michael Long before he got that injury, you know, nobody could touch him. Um just got onto a left foot and, and like the only place he could put that was where he put it to get to get the goal. The the, the, the equaliser though was was quite good as well. We talked about this when we were talking about the, we done the legend series and Robbie Fowler, the, the pounce and how we spun on the tubins to hit that volley into the bottom corner. Um, and again, I just remember the the little flip over into the corner in front of the Liverpool fans. And uh, I was it Robbie Fowler that hops onto his back first, and then so, off, yeah, and then off you come. Jamie, Jamie Carragher, the usual suspects and all, but um, I, just yeah, remember, just, I just remember he flipped and then he just stood like that with the arms out like that, soaking in the adulation, like you know. It just, yeah, it was it was outstanding, especially against that. I made, I think it made it more swear that was against that Arsenal team as well because you know you look back over the years, the, a lot of the FA Cup finals were kind of an outsider against one of the favourites, but we were definitely the underdogs that day, um, and then I said. Especially when Arsenal scored to take the lead, you know everybody kind of agreed. Well, that's it. It's um, it's Arsenal's trophy now. But we just kept going and kept going and kept going. And I think in the I think in the end, if you watch that game back, I think in the end we we, we deserve to win it. But obviously we we won two one, but I think we deserve to win it. And how we how we just kept going at them. I think Arsenal as well in the game, especially first half, created a lot of chances. Um, they were creating chances constantly as well. We got away with a few, if I can remember rightly. Um, and then that's when they scored, remember? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think on the balance of it, like, I mean, I suppose looking at it, it was the timing of it as well that really sunk them, wasn't it? Because it was last ditch, really. Whereas I think, I think if it had happened maybe halfway through the second half, I think they might have got back into it. We might have been staying down on a penalty, another penalty shootout, maybe, or extra time or something like that, you know? But I think, yeah. I think, um, I think there was just a wave. If you look at Liverpool at that stage as well, they're really, really good players. They're playing good football and stuff like that. But there was a wave of luck with us as well, wasn't it? Lady luck was with us at times, you know. And yeah. and I just, I just think that I just remember that goal. He bounced off Dixon, I think it was, and just ran in on goal and and to, to beat C. Seaman was in nets, wasn't he? To beat Seaman the way. I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that. That the Arsenal team now, like. Vieira, uh, Silvino, Ashley Cole's in the squad, Giles Grimondi, Freddie Lundberg, Martin Keown, like Davis Seaman in, in the sticks. Like, that's one of the best Arsenal teams there's been in the club's history. Mm. Like, I'm looking at the Liverpool team as well. Like, there's no Gary McAllister, Patrick Berger, Danny Murphy, Stephen Gerrard, Robbie Fowler, Michael Only, but again. Uh, like as you said, like if if that had been Liverpool taking the goal lead, you, you'd imagine that Arsenal would have just pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed. But mm. like uh, 
as you, as you said, like they could have came back into it. They had numerous chances. I remember one chance Emil Heskey tried to clear and it landed at Freddie Lundberg and it looked like it was going in and Stefan Ancho got it off the line, you know. So Absolutely. We did we did kind of write the, the lady look stick at times, but mm. you know, at the end of the day you need a bit of luck in everything you do these days. But mm. that, that that was you know, this this is what when people say this is the Mickey Mouse treble, I look back to to the to performances like that. When we get on to the the UEFA Cup final, like as well, like teams necessarily now, like if Liverpool were to play Alves now, everybody would say, nah, Liverpool every day of the week. If Liverpool were to play Arsenal now, Liverpool every day of the week. Back then, in a cup final, regardless of who you're playing, it was the toss of a coin on the day. But of the three of them, that was the sweetest one for me to win because of how good Arsenal were. And on paper, we were good, but you know, just looking at that Arsenal team. I don't think anybody really gave us a chance that day. Yeah, I think the honcho one was that the one where they, they were screaming for a handball. And they yeah, didn't get it. Yeah. There was no VAR back then. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think if you were looking at a combined 11 there for that final, it would be an interesting uh, debate and conversation. That could be something maybe we get an Arsenal fan on one day today. We'll do a combined 11 for that final. Um, we'll create some interesting debate, but there's no doubt. In terms of us, we were very workmanlike and stuff like that. But in terms of Arsenal, they were serious ballers, weren't they? Yeah, like that was just. Yeah. These are good. That if the they were still playing nowadays, they'd still probably be in the the best Premier League eleven at start at the end of the season. Like, yeah. Most Arsenal fans at the moment wishes they were still there. I'd say. Um, <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> you said there. We try and get an Arsenal fan on, get their perspective. But, I think it'll be five or six years before we see an Arsenal fan again. I think I think if they had their way with the Monday night game coming up, they'd nearly throw a Dreamcast jersey back on the air to coming out of the tunnel, would they? Like, yeah. They, 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 as, Roy, as Roy Keane said, he was asked there a couple of weeks ago, he was like, what's Arsenal missing nowadays? And he said, Patrick Vieira. They've no leaders in the team whatsoever. And I touched on this during the summer. Um, they're, just, they're just a mess at the moment. You know, they they the good performances lately are just papered over the cracks, in my opinion, you know, and it's just a stay of execution. It, it's just, it's the exact same as, as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. All these bad performances and you have one or two good performances and it's just a stay of execution. And then it comes to the end of the season and it's like, here, there's more money. You know, let's see how you go on at the start of the season. But come here, fortunately for us, we're not in that quagmire at the moment. But we have no money and we're still going to win the league, so... I'm happy out with you. <laughs> <laughs> Who says you need money to win a league? Um, we need money for going over to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on. The, the, the third part of the treble obviously was the UEFA Cup final against Alves. Um, again, another nail boiler. I, I literally thought when I was watching this, we were home and housed. There was no problem here at all. And the next thing, it was the, the madness of it was crazy. Just absolute to go to go two up, you know. You think I'm home and host. This is gonna be a, a piss take cricket start, cricket score. They come back into the game. It's sending off the golden goal. I don't, I don't when I went in and everybody was running. I was like, hold up here. We still have another bit to go in extra time. I don't even think Gary McAllister realised that the game was up. You know, when you still, if you've seen the goals now, what's the highlights now when he's celebrating that everyone's coming to him and he's looking around like, right, chill, lads. And then someone, no, we've won, golden goal. It's an awful shame that they didn't hang hang that, hang that around with that, isn't it? I'd say Gary Mack just had no more energy in him left to run around. He just wanted everyone to come to him. I'd say, what a player. Yeah, if you look, if you look back to when he's taken that free, the free kick, and he always wore the long sleeve jersey with the jersey hanging out, and the socks, and the socks be nearly down around his ankles and all. And because he was old at the time, and the sagging face, if you watch back when he's taken that free kick, and then when he realizes that we won, and even when he's like, yeah, don't have it in me, boys. Like someone's gonna have it in me. A wheelchair here. What a player! Unbelievable. And then, of course, we went on. I mean, obviously, by winning these these cup competitions and securing the treble, it led on to the Charity Shield and the UEFA Super, <coughs> which we both went on to win as well. 
So like it was a real um, it was a real time for Liverpool, wasn't it? Five trophies in that space of time, like it's incredible. Yeah. Um, that was me find kind of me forced, you know, like I don't think was was that UEFA Super Cup around for 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 much, like for a long time before that cup final before was, that season. It was yeah. Yeah, well, that was kind of my first, you know, first time of understanding. You know, obviously Liverpool hadn't won a Champions League or won a UEFA Cup previous to that, like for a long, long time, with regarding your, especially with European trophies. Um, so like when when it came around to that final, um, you know, that was my kind of first understanding of it. That was kind of my first dealings with it as a fan, um, in the Monaco Stadium. Um, John and Annie Reese. Um, no, yeah, it was John Annie Reese, was it? We beat, did we beat um, Bayern Munich? I think so, yeah. I'm really sure we did, didn't we? I'm nearly sure it was. Yeah, Bayern Munich. Yeah, um, was, yeah. Just that, that was kind of, you know, forced um, dealings with that as a fan. Um, like, I'm just looking at the pictures of it. The pictures of it here, Robbie Fowler, Sammy Hippie and Jamie Jamie Redknapp lifting the trophy together and all. And, mm. you know, John Annie Reese scored, Emil Heskey. It was very, a very, very good game. Um, you know, just, just uh, at, the, at that time, Michael Owen was the best player on the planet. You know, um, he won the the Ballon d'Or. The Ballon d'Or, yeah. I think nineteen, eighteen or nineteen was he? Nineteen, I think. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's you look back now. Like you look at that Arsenal team. That just shows you how good we're. If you look back to that Liverpool team, with a mix of everything, the experience of Sammy Hippie, yet, um, Gary McAllister there. Robbie Fowler was in his toilet, Michael Owen coming onto the scene, like the fucking fireball, Steven Gerrard, Danny Murphy, Jamie Redknapp had that experience in him, just unfortunately played with injuries, John Arnie Reese coming into him. People don't realise how good Emil Heskey was. Didi Hamann as well, Didi Hamann. Didi Hamann, he was so underrated. Patrick Berger always popped up with important goals. Uh, Elf Laddie Smith. Need I mention Yari Lippmann? Do you know what I mean? This Yardy Littman is a, is a god in some people's eyes. My brother, I remember when we signed, we signed Yardy Littman, and my brother was like, "Oh my god, we signed Yardy Littman off, off Ajax." And then Carl Hines Reedley came. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, you look at the team now, but you look back then, like the kids nowadays won't don't even realize how good some of the players were we had back then. But just Emil Heskey and Jamie Carragher was talking about rightly so recently about how underrated he was in that Liverpool team. He was on fire that season um, in that Liverpool team. A couple of hat-tricks. You know, we, we were blessed. The fact that Robbie Fowler fell out with Gerard Hulia and Phil Thompson, we still had Emil Heskey there and Michael Owen. You know what I mean? But then when Robbie was called upon, he, he always he always popped up with goals. Mm. Um, that was my first great Liverpool team. And, you know, fortunately enough for, for me and you, but more so for the likes of Ben and for Dylan coming up as Liverpool fans like they're getting to experience what we did like this is their kind of force understanding of glory because they're at the age now to understand it but back then that, that this season was my forced understanding of glory and what Liverpool really meant to the fans because at the end of the five trophies the parade with the fans remember the first home game of the following season you know and it's just that just that that lift that that's instilled in the club and now it's great that we're back in that era and period now that you know hopefully hopefully there's more coming this season. Yeah, hopefully, <clears throat> absolutely, fingers crossed. Um I suppose the only sad news was at the end of that season was um Joe Fagan sadly passed away. Hard to believe that on, on a season so littered with silverware that we would lose Joe Fagan. It just beggars belief, really, you know, at 80 years of age, you know. He had a good innings, but it's almost as if I know why people might say it's stupid when you say this, but Joe Faden was the man who literally dug the foundations for Shankly and Paisley. You know what I mean? And that was the start of 
the greatness that the club had. Like that was the man who single-handedly came up with the idea of the uh, of the boot room. And you know, we'd went that long without success that we won five trophies and his body this is what I'm thinking, you know, as, as a Liverpool fan, his body was like, Well, you've seen the yeah, success you've seen it all you built this mm. and you've seen the success come back into the club and you're at ease now because I'd imagine he was one of the happiest people under the sun right? to, to, to see that success to see the happiness someone that's so revered in the club as well like we we done the special on him um, not long ago yeah. and as, you, as you said like it's it's 20 years celebrating the treble but it's also 12, 20 years celebrating the life of, of Joe Fagan and you know we always look at the thumbnail that we put up for that special podcast and the black and white and the Champions League trophy and all. And you look back at all the pictures of him sitting by the pool with the shades on and the Champions League trophy between him and Rock. You know, it's just it's 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 sad. It's sad in a sense, but it's it's also like it's come full circle for him, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. he wasn't young. 80 years of age is a good innings. You know, I think we'd all be happy if we get to that age. But mm. you know, yeah, as you said, to top that was the kind of when we won all the all the success, we said goodbye to Joe Fagan. Yeah, I'm sure he so, had that huge smile. Yeah, that smile he had from ear to ear, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, let's get into some of the stats from the season. 127 goals scored that season, basically two goals a game. So that's a serious return. You were talking there about Owen, obviously at Fowler and Heskey. We were pretty potent up front, weren't we, as well? And then blend that in with the likes of Gary Mack and Stevie J and Danny Murphy as well. Um, I often talk on these podcasts when we're talking about Liverpool, about how we need all the team chiming in, the house, not just the front three. And a lot of the success of that season was a lot of players chiming in with goals, even though the boys were prolific. Yeah, I think, I think across that season as well, I, I might be wrong on this, but I'm nearly sure all of our defence scored at least one goal that season. The midfield really, really chimed in. The, 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 the attacking line, the, the forward line, it needn't be said how good they were, but mm. you said 127 goals in, in all competitions, five trophies. You know, you're not going to get 127. What's it, 42 goals each for your, for your strikers? You know, people had to, to toe the line, and that's one thing we've touched on about this season is that if we're going to get the success that we're going to get anywhere near a trophy this year, everyone has to toe the line. And, and even though the team we have now on paper necessarily is better than back then, yeah. people are starting to toe the line. Like People are starting to chip in. And I've touched on it. I was, I was ever the optimist during the summer when when, we, when I realised that we weren't going to spend money. But like the more... Saturday, Saturday is going to be very, very telling. You know, I'm... I'm I'm not going to make a prediction on Saturday's game because, you know, yourself, a new manager comes in and it's always seems to be that first game. You know, they, they get that little, they get that the, the, the rub of the green or they get that win and, you know, it's kind of lift off and then it steadies itself out. So I'm not going to make a prediction on the weekend. But one thing I will say is I'm quietly confident the fact that Mo is doing what he's doing in second gear. Sadio seems to be enjoying himself again. Jota might be available for the weekend. We're not hundred percent sure, but come here. I'm, I'm not too, not too down if if Dave Ockerigi starts the weekend. So, you know, as much as I'm not pessimistic, kind of top fifty fifty on the fence about about Saturday. There are players there who are are, are just itching to take that chance if given, and that that reminds me of that two thousand and one season because, you know. People are taking the taking the baton and sharing the load. So look, we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. 69 points we got in the league that season, 95-96. It was the um the highest tally since 95-96. 69 points. I'm thinking these days, 69 points, you barely escape relegation nearly, wouldn't you? 69 points, you fucking fought from bottom of the table. Like 69 points, Jesus Christ. We won the league on 99 points, 30 points in the difference. Yeah. It's just, it's mad to see how the standard of the Premier League has has taken up. Like, if you look at last season's table, who finished on 69 points? I'd say they're probably about eight or ninth in the table. 
23 games is 69 points. You'd be disappointed if you nearly didn't have that by January, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think we did. I think we had over 69 points the year we won the league, did we? It's at Christmas time. Oh, wouldn't be at Christmas time, but say towards the end of January, definitely anyway. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. And that was, con- well, obviously we won four trophies, that was considered a good season, but if you got 69 points, I think I'd bury my head in the sand for about 10 months this summer. Yeah. 63 games we played that season. Jesus Christ. If we played 63 games this season, they'd be calling on fans to give a dig out. <laughs> <laughs> what is that fair? Um, yeah. 63, like, but as I said, I think Liverpool played our best football when they have a game every busy. three or four days. You know when what I mean? When we're busy and we're in that mode. Just game what, after game after game. Best example of that is when we went to the Club World Cup and when we came into the start of December and everybody wrote us off saying, this is it, this is when Liverpool break. And we won every single game. I don't think we dropped any points. We came back from... Brazil or, or Qatar played Leicester on Stevens' day and put in one of the best performances I've ever seen as a Liverpool fan. We absolutely battered them from pillar to post. It could have been about 10-0. Mm. But I, I've always said over the years that Liverpool played their best football when they're busy. So, you know. Absolutely. Winning is a habit and momentum is key. Exactly. Um, 61 appearances by Sander Vesterveld, you mentioned him yesterday, uh, was the highest total of any member in the squad. Um, and Marcus Bobble, believe it or not, played the most games for an outfield player with 60 matches. What, what, what a, a fucking hero. Absolute hero. He reminds me, well, Steve Finnan reminds me of Marcus Bobble. Just a workhorse. Just went about his business under the radar. So, so underrated. That's, Marcus Bobble was absolutely quality for Liverpool. Popped up with that goal in the, the Merseyside derby. Didn't know what to do when he scored. The worst celebration I've ever seen as a, <laughs> of a footballer. Um, but yeah, out, outstanding player. Um, just unfortunate what happened to him towards the end of his yeah, career. Yeah. He got that illness, you know, and at one stage it looked like he was going to fucking pass away. He's just, he ended up in a wheelchair, skin and bones, you know, um, but gave everything for the cause and, Royally deserves to be mentioned when we talk about great defenders that played for the club. Marcus Babel, even though he wasn't there for a long time, is definitely talked about as one of the great defenders. He was world class, that guy. Absolutely. 28 wins we had in all competitions. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. It's, it's just unfortunate that we didn't top it off with, with, a, with a league title that year. But when you, when you look back at back then, it was just unfortunate that the great Man United and Arsenal teams were around then where it's the same as now when you talk about Mo Salah and not winning the Ballon d'Or it's because he's been and Virgil van Dijk it's because he's been in the era of Messi and Ronaldo but back then the great Liverpool teams they just Gerrard and Carragher talk about it now they, they just didn't have that killer instinct and plus they were in, an, in a net with that Arsenal team and that Man United team but you know it's as you said it's bittersweet you, you might lose out the league on, on a few points, but you know, they've certainly made up for it with five trophies. Well, here, here's an interesting stuff for you now, and this is one that was I, I like this one. When I see a team doing this, I'm very, very impressed. 31 times we netted in the final 15 minutes. There's there's desire wrapped up in a stat, isn't it? Again, comparisons to the Oregon Clock team. When we went to go down, you just fought and fought. It was it, it's exactly the, the, the way what it has been under under Jurgen Club. When we went to goal down, the switch went on that you know we have to take it up the gears. We've seen it for, for two or three years now, not necessarily last year, but we've seen it, we've seen it time and time again under Jurgen Club that when when you really had to get motor, when you really needed that that lift in the gears or that lift in the level, you know, everyone jumped in as one. You know, we needed to get get back into the games. Um, so yeah, it's that's again massive comparisons to Jurgen Klopp's teams. And nobody's talking about how great a manager Gerard Hillier was and how great greatly spoke of by players that were in that team other than Robbie Fowler. Yeah, I think remember back to that time as well. A, a lot of that agenda with Robbie was driven a bit by Tomo as well, wasn't it? Himself and Tomo had had a massive falling out, you know what I mean? Of course, Gerard would have to side with Tomo. Tomo was his number one, you know what I mean? So 
so fickle as well. That was that was almost sticking his nose, his ear, and his ears out. You know, I'm superior to you. Like this all came about from Phil Thompson being in the goal, Robbie Fowler kicking the ball at the net and clattering him in the head. Everyone laughing at him, and Tomo throwing his toys out of the pram. Said it like that's that's an, like he's old school Liverpool to the core. Phil Thompson. Why didn't he just make a laugh and a joke about it? Makes a big deal about it. Robbie Fowler's pushed out the job out the door, and even when he talks about now, if you read Robbie Fowler's book, the biggest regret he had in his whole career was walking away from Liverpool. Mm. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Twenty-eight players used that season. Sounds very much squad rotation there, isn't it? That's which is key. I'm sure it's key. Again, massive comparisons to this season. Mm. Um, yeah. Like again, when we talk about when Robbie Fowler was out of the team, you had Michael Owen and Heskey. When Owen was out of the team, it was Heskey and Robbie Fowler. Um, in the middle of the park, you had Smoitzer, Berger, Danny Murphy, Stephen Gerrard, Jamie Redknapp. You know, in the defence, like you know, he's Carragher coming through, Stefan Ancho, Jamie, uh, Sammy Hippie, Marcus Babel. You know, we didn't have a massive squad. Like with young lads coming, I think Stephen Wright was part of the squad as well back then. Like we, yeah. we didn't have a massive squad. We had a lot of David Thompson was there, um. So yeah, it was great. That's probably why we won the trophies. You know, the, the squad rotation keeping keeping ideas fresh. But I think what you said about the amount of goals we scored across the team. But again, I think it it, it comes down to having that bit of quality to sit on the bench attacking wise because we didn't really play the three up top together yeah. whereas we look at the team now Bobby's coming in for Jota or Jota's coming in for Bobby and back then it was the exact same way but mm-hmm. on any given day the front three we had back then were just were, were, uh, were world beer and, and three very different front men they all yeah. brought something different you know what I mean like you did you did the skill of own and stuff like that being slight and small and tricky and stuff like that you'd, you'd Robbie who could just score all sorts of different goals just knew where to be a proper poacher at times and then you had the power of Heskey which was unbelievable you had the power of Heskey but geez, a couple of the goals he scored I remember when he took it down on touch and on, like side on and with the outside it was built lobbed the keeper mm. Robbie Fowler most natural goal scorer I've ever seen in my whole life and Think you ask any Liverpool fan who's had the had the privilege of watching Ian Rush, Kenny Daglish, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, Fernando Torres, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Luis Suarez. Uh, Suarez. Every single one of them will tell you the most natural goal scorer they've ever seen is Robbie Fowler. And then you had Michael Owen, who had that five or six yard pace. He knew what he was doing before he even got the ball. You look at some of the goals he scored, that, that goal against Arsenal. Um, to, to win the FA Cup. He knew what he was doing before he even got the ball. Um, and I think only Michael Owen could do that in those instances, whereas Robbie Fowler would score 45-yard lobs. He, he barely went into the top corner from 30 yards. For, for a guy who's not that big in stature, he's one of the best headers of a ball we've ever seen. Yeah. And then, he went, like as you said, you, you you need you need that three three different because no the defense defenses didn't know what to do with them. Mm. If you put Michael Owen up against the fence, they knew they were gonna get Torres Sunday. You put Robbie Fowler up there, they knew that like, just like that, out of nothing, you could get a goal. And as you said, Emil Heskey would throw a defender from one side of the box to the other with a shoulder mm. and have an open goal to tap it into. But when the goal he scored a goal against Derby that year, I think he scored a hat trick. The ball came to him. He let it go through his legs. He turned and forced him into the top corner and he nearly knocked the fucking goal over. Yeah, absolutely. What a powerhouse. Michael Owen, 24 goals that season and Emil Heskey, 22. Um, incredible return. Outstanding. Outstanding return. Um, <coughs> and this is a time as well when England had a lot of good, good strikers. Um, and I, I think that was the year that they went and gave... Um, Germany at 5-1 and it was the three Liverpool lads that scored the goals Heskey on and, and um, Gerrard so um, you know that's between them what 40 how many goals 46 altogether 
46 goals from 127. So you look at the rest of the team, scored 81 goals between them. That's that's phenomenal. Like. You know, and we, we look at the, the season where between the three boys up top for Liverpool, I think they scored over 100 goals. Mm. But that, that shows you how good this team was back then as a, as a collective unit. And how good the team is now. And um, that goes saying. 12 times a substitute scored coming off the bench. And of course, we know Robbie was most of them. Yeah. Just... Blasphemy even saying that God was a sub. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yes. His hat trick against Leicester. Was that was that the following? No, that was that season, wasn't it? Because this was his last season, was it, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, his hat trick against um against Leicester, I think it was a right foot, left foot header. Set, yeah. says it all. The, the guy was just unbelievable. I can't imagine I can't imagine being in the dressing room at Anfield and your name and the team. And the team sheet comes out and it's going on our subs today, Robbie Fowler. And you're going, What? I tell you, Robbie Fowler. <laughs> I think he done it to prove a point as well that he was boss because there's a lot of stories came out with that the way the way it was back then. Like he knew the book stopped with him. Um, you know, and a lot of people only softened up to him after what happened with the with his ticker. Because there was a lot of people who held that against Gerard Houllier for a long. There's still a lot of people who hold it against uh, Phil Thompson as well. The way Robbie Robbie Fowler was was mistreated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in hindsight, what what a player to have coming off the bench. You know what I mean? It's it's the way it is now. Like you, know, I've no qualms with Bobby coming off the bench or if Diogo's coming off the bench. Um, mm. Yeah. So back then we we looked at it as, geez, what's Robbie doing on the bench? But you look back on it now, you know, you need that bit of quality coming off the bench. It's something that we don't have nowadays. Mm. You know, they'd be still able to play. <laughs> if I mentioned 10 years and I mentioned Old Trafford and I mentioned Danny Murphy and I mentioned a free kick, would that ring a bell with you? Danny the man killer. Danny the man killer. Um, what, a, what a man. What a man. Again, another player who didn't want to, to leave Liverpool. Um, and when he talks about Liverpool now, he talks about that miserable decision he made to leave Liverpool when Rafa came in and he could have went on and won the Champions League. But um, yeah. Yeah, Danny the man killer. Oh, what, he popped up with what, four or five winners against Man United in his time as a Liverpool player. I remember Steven Gerrard. Like, it's the one the goal that stands out for me, Stephen Gerrard. I think the Monday night football, Gerrard must literally be only outside the eighteen yard box. Dinks it into Danny Murphy, who loves Peter Schmeichel. I think on his on his on up was it Van der Sar was it? I think Van der Sar. I'd say Van der Sar, yeah. But loved Van der Sar on his line, and now off he went into the into the air. Uh, the spotlight, um, he scored that wonderful free kick as well from a fair little distance. I just remember that absolutely manky, uh, white jersey that we wore. Didn't wasn't a fan of that at all, but he was a long sleever as well. Um, just remember off into the halfway line to celebrate to the Liverpool fans and all, but uh, yeah, and he's a fair little fond old hero of mine. I remember bumping into him about, about 15 years ago on Grafton Street. Uh, I don't think anybody realised, as you know, we could be walking down anywhere and there's Robbie Lawler. But uh, yeah, just I, I was like coming around, he's coming around the front of the international lot and I was, I was like, it's Danny Murphy. And I was like, Danny. And he turned around and I was like, what's the story, pal? And I was like, the man killer. And he gave a little one of them, get in there. <laughs> Deadly. Um, nine new signings came in that season. Um, let's run down to some of these people won't even recognize Peggy Airfexed, Babel, yeah. Barnby, Igor Biscan, Igor Biscan, Igor Biscan, uh, Bernard Diamandi, um, who I think was actually a really good player, just didn't get a, a real good shot there at Liverpool, but was yeah. a proper talent, like you know, Yari Lippman and who we mentioned, Gary Mack, of course, Christian Ziga. And rounded out with Gregory Vignal. 
I'm looking at some of the names here. Peggy Arpix Head. Peggy fucking Arpix Head. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. It's hard to fathom that we sign some of these players, but when you think about it, well, Babel, Martin Babel, like underrated, cult hero, uh, Nick Barnby, got a lift across Stanley Park on a moped, the, the, the uproar over that signing, uh, Igor Bishkan. I won't have anybody speak a bad word about Igor Bishkan. That man used to smoke in the shower at Anfield. He put a ball, I just remember his ball in the Champions League quarterfinal against their Partivo. There wasn't enough enough room for the football to go through the two players, and he put it through the two. You know what I mean? That does, that fella deserves the Champions League medal just for that alone. Um, Gary Littman, yeah, as you said, Ben at the 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 um, just unfortunate that we had the talent that we had in the middle of the park. Gerard coming through and taking everyone by storm. Um, Gary Mack, like James Milner, J- James Milner is the modern day Gary Mack. Um, Danny Marf, Danny Murphy doing what he does best. Patrick Berger, Vlad, Vladimir Smoiter. So it's just unfortunate these players were around at a time when we had that much quality there. Yardy Littman, and you know, needn't say anything about him. The man's a footballing god to some people. Um, Christian Zega, like you forget he even played for the club. He was outstanding on the awesome day. Yeah, absolutely. And then Gregory, Greg, Gregory Vignal, now you know, think. Over time, if you look at his Liverpool career, it wasn't really great. But remember some games where he did stand up, you know what I mean? And he, he took a hit for the team. And, you know, all these players on that day fought for the cause. So, you know, you can't really hold anything against them. But, um, yeah, some good signings. That, I just remember that that was the summer where, um, you know, back in the day, you used to get the five or six signings together with the manager and they'd all be hunkered together in the, in the yeah. stand. Yeah. Missed those days. We brought in nine. It was nearly like a team forward of near long, near long signings. Yeah, absolutely. Eight. We stuffed Stoke eight nil. Big Sammy Hippie. No, did we not get Birmingham hiding as well that year? We may have, but this is we're on the number eight, so it was eight nil against Stoke. The good, the good days, the good days. That's why when when they came back and gave us that hiding six one when Gerard's last game, you know, yeah. it was definitely it was definitely repaying the debt for that one. Um, I, think, I think it's still today, this day, isn't it, the highest margin for an away victory in the club's history. And like to, to win two or three nil away from home is fantastic, but to go and give someone a hiding, you know, back then Stoke wouldn't have been, you know, they wouldn't have been a major shake in in football. You know, that the kind of Veered off the path again now, but you know on that day they did, they did, they they did have good teams over the years. But, but back then, again, if we turned up against any team that season, we we gave them a hide, and unfortunately for Stoke that that year they were on the end of that one. We were on the we're on fire. Seven red cards in the season, two in the Arsenal game in August. Yeah, McAllister and Davy Hamill. Um. Was Stephen Gerrard sent off in, in a Merseyside derby this season? Was he? Sure. I, don't, I don't think he was actually, was he? Don't know, he wasn't. It was strange to see the, the uh, it's strange to see the two of them sent off. And um, yeah. I'm actually going to look back after after this podcast now and, and, back, and back to that game and yeah. see them getting sent off because you hear red cards and you hear the Gary McAllister and Didi Hammond, you know, it's not something that. You'd put to those two boys' names, so I don't know. Two, two lads, I wouldn't shake a tackle. Wouldn't shake a tackle, but they, they, like they, they always seem to, to, to get away with it. Um, yeah. yeah, seven, seven red cards in the season. Thank God, thank God, we topped the fair play awards nowadays. Yeah, five, five is the number of minutes that separated Owens Brace in the FA Cup final. Five minutes of absolute mayhem. Yeah, it was just. I just never ever forget that winning goal. Mm. Anyone that talks about because they talk about the Stephen Gerrard final and they talk about the Michael Owen final, um, Stephen Gerrard final, it is it is what it is. You know what I mean? That's kind of a, that's our best FA Cup final win, and um, because of how the game went, the, the two goals he scored, you know, like two only Stephen Gerrard could score them goals. But if you look back to that final, I think those are two goals that only Michael Owen could score as well. That 
how we got away from um, was it Parla or a Dixon? Dixon. Like to get it, like Lee Dixon was one of the best, best in the game back then. You know, mine have that pace, but he could read. He read the game very, very well. Brilliant player. Absolutely fantastic. Mike alone, like just to shrug him off. This is a guy who's five foot what five foot five, five foot six. Very, very slight. Right about 110 soaking wet. Yeah, yeah, if even. Um, I think the, I think me young lad Lewis is heavier than Mike alone. Um, but yeah, just just David Seaman, one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the time, but just to, just to put that ball where he did with his bad foot. You know, one of the best goals in FA Cup history for me. Yeah, four hat-tricks scored that season. We already touched on it. Two for Owen, one for Fowler, one for Heskey. Need we say more? Nothing else to be said. And we finish out with one. Liverpool, the only team to beat Roma that year in their stadium in the whole of the 2000-2001 season. And what a performance it was as well. Mike alone. Absolutely. And a raucous affair, absolutely raucous. With them Rome fans, they are they don't do anything fucking half assed Proper cauldron. Proper cauldron is right. We went over there and done the business, and you know, as as you said, one finish off with one. Even though we won five, we finish off with one because that, as you said, going over there, the only team to beat Roma over in the Stadio Olimpia that season. Um. On our day, we were absolutely fantastic. Great man management. Everyone talks about the, the love they have for Gerard Hillier. May rest in peace, you know. Mm. Gave me my first big dose of success as a Liverpool fan, you know. Had that terrible thing that happened with his heart. Um, came back. We needed to beat Roma that night by two goals. We beat them by two goals. And, um, you know, that season, every time we talk about that season, that pitch I pays fitting tribute to it. We have gods, and then we had the man that came in, came in and changed the culture of Liverpool Football Club. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure looking back on this travel season with you. Some people would refer to it as the Mickey Mouse travel. I tell those people, keep on counting your charity shields. <clears throat> if you do want to mention big ears, we've six of them. Dino, until next time, this has been our look back on the travel 2001 season and what a season it was. Roll on the weekend, the Premier League back. Roll on to Redman. Let's do this. <laughs>